0: have your Bible, why don't you grab it and turn with me to the book of Matthew. If you're a guest or you've been away for a while, we've been studying on those who encountered Jesus and what happened when they came across his path and the interaction that he had with them and the lessons that it brings to us. Uh, We challenged you back at the beginning of the year to start reading through the Bible. Read a chapter a day during the weekdays and if you need to catch up on the weekends. And uh, some of you probably have been reading, and you're making your way through the Gospels. I told them last week, if you hadn't, start with Luke, and you might can get there by the time we get to Easter, okay? So you can, you can catch up with us. But as I've been reading through these accounts, and I've tried not to, to do too much except just experience the encounters and the teachings of Jesus. Different ones have hit me different ways than maybe in the past. And this one, it just seemed, uh, I knew the teaching that it was going to get to, but trying to experience the encounter of what happens in Matthew chapter 20 when the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to Jesus. Now, you might call her a uh, helicopter hovering mom, whatever. I mean, she wanted the best for her children. And, and hey, let's, let's, don't, let's don't be too hard on moms for that. I mean, it's part of what moms pray for. It's part of what moms want. And it's hard when they move into adulthood. Uh, and you may remember the sons of Zebedee. Uh, put together James and John they were part of that trio that Jesus often is calling aside from his apostles from the disciples when it was Peter James and John so these guys that had the reputation like Peter of being zealous and one account doesn't mention her because it appears that the, the boys maybe put her up to it because they had heard him teaching about a coming kingdom and she came to him and she said I'd like to ask you something I've got a request it's almost like you see a kid saying uh, I'm going to ask you something so will you say yes you know, I mean, you, you can, you can kind of sense the, the environment of her coming to Jesus and he said okay then what do you want and she said to him Can you say that these two sons of mine will have a place of prominence? That one will sit on your right hand and one will sit on your left in your kingdom? Not a small request. Can you put these guys in your cabinet? Can they have a place of prominence in the ruling? And Jesus said to her, you don't really know what you're asking. Are you able to drink The cup that I am to drink the boys were standing there and they said yes we're able (laughs) really he said to them now all the disciples could hear you will drink my cup but to sit at my right hand and sit at my left are not mine to grant but it is for those to whom the father has prepared a place when the 10 heard it, <laughs> isn't that interesting? I, I don't know. I, I didn't check. I don't know if there's another time that we hear the 10. <laughs> we hear the 12, but now we hear the 10 other guys. When they heard it, they were indignant. I told KK I, this week, I said, you know, I, I started checking this, and it seems like almost all the translations say indignant. I don't know about you, but it's not just a natural word that I use in everyday conversation, indignant. You know, well, that's indignant, you know. But it brings with it, are you kidding me, kind of emotion. Is that, what are you doing, kind of emotion. The ten were indignant at the two brothers. And Jesus called them to him, and he said, Now you can see all twelve are listening. You know the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. For whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to serve, to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So today I want us to observe this encounter. And I want us to see if we can bring to it from our lives the lessons that were displayed and articulated clearly by the Lord Jesus. So let's, let's pray again. Some of our prayers are put into place. Some of them are more spontaneous. But I think it's time to pray, Lord, would you teach us? So do that with me, would you? Let's pray. Father, we open your word with great reverence. We pray now that you would be our teacher, that you would take this book and you'd bring it home to our hearts. We come from different places with different problems and different pains and different celebrations, even as we gather in a room and some watching online. But Lord, we know we need you. So we ask you now in a very simple way, Lord God, speak to my heart. Would you pray that prayer aloud with me? Lord God, speak to my heart. And Lord, as you speak, we'll know that it's you. We listen now for your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you picked up an outline in the back. It's still time if you want to get up and go get one. Grab a pen and follow along. Because I want us to make these observations together. First, I want you to notice that the kingdom is often misunderstood. The kingdom of King Jesus is often misunderstood. In this case, the mother misunderstood what it was going to be like. Today, many people misunderstand the kingdom of our Lord. It seems like people that follow him sometimes try to bring The principles of the world into church life they try to bring the principles and i'm not saying that god doesn't rain on the just and the unjust i'm not saying we can't learn from how businesses and other things operate because we have to carry certain weekday business and organizational structures here but the kingdom is so very different from the average business that people are trying to conduct here on earth Because on earth you have org charts, you have people jockeying for position, you have people trying to get others to bow down to them, whether they want to call it that or not. They want to be in charge, but that's not how the kingdom works. This well-meaning mom wanted her boys to have a good place, but personal promotion has no place in the kingdom of God. There's no place for us to politic for position. There's no place for us to manipulate, to be in charge of something. Some of you are brand new believers. Some of you have attended church all of your life. Some of you have been a part of smaller churches and bigger churches. And maybe you've seen people that seem to be always trying to put themselves in to be chairman of this or to be in charge of that. It's, it's just so emotionally wrong when you feel that going on in church life. I'm so grateful that that's not who we are or how we operate around here. But there'd be some places this morning where this type of sermon would be very painful to some of the listeners because if they were honest, they were just trying to use the church to feel like they were in charge of something. Pastor one time said, sometimes you can tell the people that cause the most trouble in church because they can't find another place to try to be in charge, so they try to be in charge there. (laughs) Oh, that's so sad. Personal promotion has no place in the kingdom of God. We live in a day where there are a lot of celebrities. There are a lot of people that, even in church life, find themselves in big positions of prominence. It's a dangerous place. KK in in our early ministry said to me, My prayer for you is that God will give you great influence and that you'll never be famous. <laughs> I said Okay, I mean I, I, I what does that mean? She said, I've just seen way too many guys in famous positions become very different than Christ like and fall into sin and that's just that's not my prayer for you. I said, Well, thank you. I think, you know, I mean I, I wasn't sure where that was coming from. But now having watched so many people through the years, it just doesn't work in the kingdom. Personal promotion has no place. And there's a follow up on that. Comparison has no place. These guys were getting all bent out of shape because they they weren't jealous for the kingdom. They were jealous for their own place. When the ten got upset, they were indignant. They were upset because they wanted a place too. And that caused, as James would later write, the source of problems is jealousy and pride inside even the work of God's kingdom. Oddly enough, Jesus just said, suffering has a place. Let me back up and see if I can show you where. He said to them, can you drink this cup that I'm about to drink? In in the scripture, the cup, as you remember, he would later get in the garden and he would say, Lord, let this, Father, let this cup pass from me. Remember that? The cup would sometimes be a cup of judgment, but other times it would just be a cup of suffering, a cup of pain. And in one place it's referred to like a baptism to be put into the suffering. And he said, guys, you you want this position, you think. Do you really want to know what goes with it? It's like the guy in the business world who said, I've seen the boss's job and I don't want it, you know. Do you really know what you're into And then he said to them, you will drink my cup. James, John. James, according to Acts chapter 12, was taken and killed. He suffered. Not the first martyr. My chronology serves me right. Stephen's already been stoned. But now you come up to Acts 12 and James is killed. John suffered a lot, even though he lived a long life. But in suffering on the Isle of Patmos, he was able to write the Revelation. The one that Jesus loved, he humbly called himself in his gospel. of How he could become the teacher of love, but he suffered. You know, for us, when we, when we look at, let me get back here, when, when we look at suffering today, sometimes we think that's just counter to the gospel. You hear people preach prosperity gospel. If you just follow Jesus, you will be healthy, you will be wealthy, you will be famous, everything will go great. Have they read that verse that says, to be godly in Christ Jesus, you need to suffer? Now, we're not taking reservations today and going to go get on the suffering bus and see who, who's willing to be the most spiritual and go first you don't have to look for it it'll find you in different ways because we're in a sin-infected world that's broken but when we kick and scream to avoid suffering sometimes we miss the greatest lessons because when we go to the bottom we find that it's solid and Jesus is there. And some of the greatest lessons will come from the greatest pain when you find that you can't wiggle your way out, but you find the reality of the presence of God in your life. Jesus said, okay, you want we'll to talk about my kingdom? Suffering does have a place. But the central place is a servant spirit now these verses that he said beginning in verse 25 you might could find those verses in context of saying what does the Bible say about having a servant spirit but today I want us to see it in the context of this wrong view of the kingdom so let's back up and just break it down because this this passage has has words in it that show the contrast of how the kingdom of god works he says you know the rulers of the gentile you know if i had a little marker today i would circle the word rulers because that's talking about a position of authority you know the rulers of the gentiles lord it over them you can sometimes you can tell if people are in church life because they use that phrase because it's a good Bible phrase, don't lord it over. In First Peter, we find it said of the elders, the leaders of the church, that they're not to lord over the people, even though they might be given a God-given responsibility to lead. Leading in the kingdom is never lording over, trying to make somebody do what I say. That's not the spirit of kingdom leadership. But the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them. And they're great ones. I can almost see Jesus wanting to use parentheses, okay? They're great ones. We have some great ones today who are bosses and leaders and have positions of authority. The great ones exercise that authority over them. You see all those highfaluting, lording over words? but it shall not be so among you it's an upside down kingdom it's inside out it's reversed it's first last stuff okay look at how he says it whoever will be great among you must be your servant i i often try to bring to you word studies because i think sometimes going to the original text and Thinking about the word can be helpful. And I often remind you that you can go to the Blue Letter Bible yourself and you can find it online and easily click on it and find the meaning of the word behind the word. It's like this week I was talking to, to a missionary who has learned Arabic and he's spoken it in two different countries. But now he's in another country. And he said, I'm going back to language school. I said, language school? Man, you've been there 20-something years on the field. He said, yeah, but they use little words differently here. I said, but at least you know how to say, how do you say, <laughs> you know, in, in their language. I'd just be pointing and grunting, you know. I mean, I, I don't, it's pretty frustrating when you have education and you, you, you're reduced to can't even speak the language speak this language for a moment servant in the original text is the word diakonos is where we get our word deacon and it's a lowly servant a bussing the tables okay you're not behind the cash register you're not the cook you're not even part of the wait staff you're bussing the tables all right the entry level place Jesus said, you want to be great, you got to be a deacon. Not, not an office of a deacon, but a servant deacon. Isn't it interesting that the words that are used to describe positions in the church are all servant words? To be a servant. And whoever would be first among you, whoever wants to position a prominence among you, must be your slave here the word is doulos, where it, it's bond servant. Sometimes you see translated in the scripture when Paul talked about being a bond servant, one that had been bought into service to s- serve someone else. Hang on to that. We're, we're going to get back to that in just a second. All right? The kingdom is misunderstood. Promotion has no place. comparison has no place. Suffering has a place. But a servant spirit has a central place. In the work of God's kingdom, the best thing you can say about someone is that they love like Jesus. Okay, I get that. All right. So then maybe the second best thing you could say about someone is they have a servant spirit. Because when you observe that, you're saying they're not in it for themselves. They're... In it for somebody else and love takes on that posture not bossing but serving so how do we put this into practice first I would challenge me and you today to pray a prayer like this oh God help me see the world through different lens what is the different lens President's not in charge. Senate's not in charge. House is not in charge. Police have authority, but the real authority of all of those positions has to give an account to the creator of our souls. And the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord to turn it wherever he wills. And today we can have confidence that no matter what our circumstance, no matter what our situation, that we can't be like the sons of Zebedee's mom (laughs) who came and asked for a place. But instead we say, oh God, give me a different lens to see that you're working things in a way that I could never imagine. Didn't mean to give you all the answers at once, all right? <laughs> Here's the second one. Receive my place in serving Christ. I chose that word carefully, receive. Because in the work of God's kingdom, ministry is not achieved, it's received. This morning, it would be so fun if we had a kingdom lens And we could, through a lens of heaven, go around and observe everyone's spiritual gift. We would find mercy. And we would find serving. And we would find giving. And we would find teaching. If I keep going, I'm going to leave somebody's out. Okay, we would find administration. We would find all those things that God has put in us. But it's just like some athletic event. I mean, there's some guys that can step up and hit a three. Oh, I know they practice. But you could practice for months and maybe never even hit the rim, all right? Because he's given all of us different abilities. That's why Peter would say, all of us have received a special gift and we're to put it to work in serving one another as we serve Christ Christ. And whatever He's given you, whatever, in other words, shape, whatever your spiritual gift, your heart, your ability, your personality, your life experiences, all of that is stuff that you receive from the Lord that you don't achieve. You might can hone it in, but you can't create what He's put in you. Receive your place in the body of Christ. Don't seek personal promotion like these guys number three pour out your life in service to others i love that phrase pour out paul said it in philippians when he said even if i'm being poured out like a drink offering just give it up and you know when you serve others you're really serving Christ you're serving as unto the Lord and when you give it and you pour it out what great joy it brings to your life because worship becomes the driving motivation of our service that's where it comes from any true service that we give now this false service that you use to gain somebody's Respect, and it's possible to serve in the flesh to manipulate I'll never forget that time when there were two ladies in our church I was a young pastor and I started looking and it seemed like they were controlling everybody in the church they were manipulating through the nominating committee and other things people to have positions and I was going what's going on here and then I observed that they were heading up the hospitality team and when someone had a death in the family they went running into the house and they set up all the meals and they stayed there and did all this and I started watching it and I said you know I think that's that's bordering on evil for them to hide Behind an apron, pretending that they were serving, when in fact, they had a motivation of controlling by making someone indebted to them because they served them. had planned on telling you all that, but you got it anyway. All right, so I, I just that picture comes to my mind when you can have a wrong motivation in serving. But the genuine motivation for service needs to come out of as i jotted down there on the bottom of the page jesus is not only the example but he set me free to live a whole different kind of life did you catch that even as the son of man came not to be served but to serve he set an example you remember the example in the upper room he got up from the table He took the basin of water and the towel and he washed their feet. I think we'd all be like Peter. No, Lord, you can't can't wash my feet. I mean, what an incredible, humble example Jesus set. But he's not just the example. He said, he came to serve and to give his life the ultimate price of service, to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus bought us out of slavery to ourself. And he released us to live a life of love and service to others. You know, this week I thought about the mother and if if I put together the scene correctly I think she was one of the ladies who stood at the foot of the cross she'd made this request let my sons be on your right and on your left and now she stands and looks up and she sees what it meant to be on his right and his left to be crucified and the one that was falsely accused who took my sin and yours when he gave up his life he gave it up to pay the price of our sin the ransom to pay the price of our sin so that he could release us for as long as we're here on planet Earth to live in a different kind of kingdom of serving and waiting on the coming kingdom of His glory forever and ever. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank You for giving us our own copy of the Scripture. And we thank you for what it means that we could bring our sin to the Lord Jesus and let his death on the cross be the payment for our wrong. And Lord, today as an act of our worship, may we offer ourselves fresh and new to be your servants Lord forgive us for misunderstanding how your kingdom works but Lord build in us an understanding of what it means to freely serve Lord today I pray for men and women with different skills and different gifts I pray that they would find great joy in serving others as they see the world through a different lens. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. In a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. It may be that you've got something on your heart today and you just want to come up here and kneel and talk to God about it. Or maybe you want to stay in your seat and make it an altar of prayer where you can just lean over and talk to God about it. But hey, don't miss this moment. This is an incredible moment where you can take the singing of God's praise and the teaching of God's word and you can talk to him. You can have your own encounter with Jesus. So make this song our prayer. If we can help you, we stand ready. Would you stand? Let's pray this together.